You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. Before we get into today's episode, here's a quick shout out to our sponsor. Printful prints custom products on demand for online stores and ships each order to their customers around the world. Their mission is to help people follow their passion and turn ideas into brands and products. Printful works with the most popular e-commerce platforms and marketplaces. So connect your store, choose from their catalog of over 250 products, upload your designs, and they'll automatically fulfill your orders on demand. No monthly costs, you only pay when you get an order. Okay, today we're back with Aaron Korn, employee 40 from Instagram and founder of Shorebird Media. If you missed our first episode, go back and listen to yesterday's episode with Aaron, where we went deep on tactics about Instagram reels, not stories, not posts, reels. Aaron, welcome back to day two. Today, we're going to be chatting about paid ads, goals, and success metrics. So maybe you can start with just like an overview of like how you'd recommend getting into paid social if you're new to it. Sure. So thank you for having me. For paid social, it can be sometimes daunting to new advertisers because Facebook and Instagram's platforms are always changing and there's always new features that are coming out. But I really would say really focusing on the basics is what's important. And I've seen this happen with smaller brands to Fortune 100 brands where you can often get really distracted by the the new shiny object or the newest feature on the platforms. But what gets overlooked is what are your true business goals and what's going to move the needle for you? And so if you're focused on that, that will make it much easier to activate on paid social and to measure success. So what I would not recommend doing is being too heavily focused on likes, shares, comments, or engagement. While that's a good secondary metric and, of course, important in building your brand and and getting real-time feedback, what you really should focus on is what's going to move the needle for my brand. And when I use an example of this, I would say e-commerce is very easy to use. So at the end of the day, your goal is sales. And so what you would really want to focus on is driving traffic to your website and then, of course, warming up that audience and driving sales. And the way that you can measure that is one, of course, volume of sales, but also the return on your ad spend. So how much profit are you making from the ad spend? And then, of course, from there, there are always other metrics that will follow as you become more advanced and get more data on your advertising, like your average order value, your customer lifetime value, your cost to acquire. But I think really starting with what that ideal goal is of sales and then going from there. And that will allow you to really be thoughtful about how you're playing your campaign, the right objectives and the right type of content that will drive that call to action to get sales rather than just posting content for the sake of posting. Nice. And would you say that there's like a certain portfolio of ad types that you need? Like I think about, you know, if I were launching a a store, you might do like just a branded overview, right? You might have product specific ads. Like how should someone think about that stuff? Absolutely. So thinking about it, like you had mentioned as a funnel. So people who might have not heard of your brand, the awareness stage, 
the consideration where you might be in their consideration set, but there's also other competitors in that set. And then the the sale, people have maybe gone to your website, but abandoned cart, or they're even past purchasers. So the way I would think about the creative at each stage would just be, how do we speak to those different audiences? So at awareness, it would be really, like you said, sharing a little bit about what your product or brand stands for, awareness of the brand and just helping them understand the attributes. The consideration would be more benefit focused. So why would they want to buy from you versus another brand? What are those um, specific unique pieces of, I guess, identity of your brand versus others? That's a really good place to include testimonials, media mentions if you've been highlighted, and of course, customer reviews. So in that consideration, you're really trying to drive someone to choose you over another competitor. And so testimonials are key at that stage. And then down to loyalty or conversion, really wanting to focus on, again, the product benefits, but also driving in on potentially the purchase price, any um, percentage off offers you might have for a sale or or just email subscriptions, and then just trying to drive value to people who are previous customers by showing maybe a new style that's come out, a bestseller that's back, and just trying to help drive that purchase home. So I think just aligning your creative and your messaging with those different stages of how people are experiencing your brand is very important. Yeah. I mean, all of those make a ton of sense to me, even just as a buyer, I'm I'm seeing ads of, of all those different types. One of the things that stands out to me about what you said, though, like if I'm a, I'm running an e-commerce store, like our audience is, is the expectation that I'm making that creative myself? Or, you know, are you hiring that out? Are there tools that can help me? It, it feels almost daunting in some cases to think about all that. Yes, that is often a barrier to entry for a lot of businesses, especially if you're a smaller brand. And I would say that there's a lot of different ways that Instagram, Facebook, and a lot of the platforms out there have made it more accessible as a smaller business to start with creative. So whenever we partner with a brand, we want to meet them where they are. And so we first ask them, can you share any uh, creative that you have from previous email campaigns, product photos, website photos, and how can we leverage some of that content for your ad campaign? It could be as simple as resizing them to fit with Instagram and Facebook's feed, or leveraging tools like Adobe Lightroom, Canva, and even Instagram and Facebook native tools that allow you to potentially stitch together photos and make videos, add some text. And so I think we're seeing more and more of that where it's not the overly produced ads that are working well, it's that user generated where it's, you know, someone speaking directly to you with captions about their experience with the product, or it's really quick moving videos of, you know, the product with some text overlay, just highlighting customer reviews or benefits. So it's actually moving to that, that kind of theme of being more off the cuff than custom and very overly produced. So I think that's the benefit. Yeah. I I mean, I think every, anyone who sells anything hopefully has some reviews, right? Um, stitching that with with some of the existing assets, like you said, that you've used for email or on your website, you know, you could see that coming together in a, in a nice, simple ad just as a way to like start somewhere. I like that idea. And Canva, I love Canva. Super simple to get started with that stuff. So what about 
pitfalls, Erin, any, any common pitfalls for new brands to think about on paid? Yeah. So I would say one pitfall that I often notice is the idea of promoted posts. So promoted posts are a really lightweight way for small businesses to promote a specific post or content to gain more um, likes, engagement, and even traffic to their website. And while it is a lightweight way for advertisers to leverage the platform to promote, they're really leaving a lot on the table if you're looking to run a full campaign. And so I would say stop using promoted posts as a functionality and really focus on running campaigns through Facebook's ads manager. What you're able to do is you can still promote a post that you've created and you've seen it works well from an organic standpoint, but you have more access and control. You have more targeting options. You can choose the placement of where you want your media to be across Facebook's apps, and you can really control your budget better. I think promoted posts, while there are some really easy ways to leverage it, you're not able to take advantage of the full suite of targeting, and that's where I think that there's a, a miss. And also, you're not able to really A-B test your media and see how one post performed against another in a way that I would recommend that you can do on Ads Manager. Yeah, so maybe the theme there is just because it's easy to promote a post doesn't mean it's the, the right thing to do anymore. That's right. Yeah, awesome. Cool. So look, I know you work with tons of brands. I think, you know, to the extent that you're able to share, it'd be great to like look at one or two that, you know, are doing things that are exciting related to, to e-commerce. Yeah. So one recent example is a brand called Oliver Space, and they're a startup based in San Francisco. And they're kind of this new trend of higher end furniture rental. And some of their competitors include um, a brand called Feather. And they, especially during the pandemic, it was an interesting time for, for this space because People were moving, especially out of San Francisco, New York, the major cities during the pandemic, and they were looking for temporary places to live. And that's where all of our space came in, providing short-term furniture rental to many cases, millennials. And so when they came to us, they were seeing success, but they were having a really high cost to acquire new customers. And they also were just seeing unstable return on ad spend. And when we dug into their account, what we realized is that while their targeting was strong, where they were really um, needing to improve was their creative and their messaging. It became apparent to us that when we looked at their creative, it wasn't clear that this was a furniture rental or a low cost option. It was just very similar to what you might see Crate and Barrel and West Down promote. And so by really tweaking that messaging and focusing on the education and bringing people in early, we were able to drive a 50% increase in their purchases at the same level of investment and a 66% higher rate of signups. And that's really because we're bringing the right people to their website, people with the intention of doing short-term rentals rather than people shopping for maybe furniture that they would have permanently. And so I think, you know, while targeting is key, a huge piece of it is also the messaging and creative, which can often get lost. And so we found that that was a really effective way to sustain performance for all of our space and continuing to iterate on the creative that was performing well for them. Yeah, that's really, a really good example. It's, um, it's almost like just getting even more specific in the creative of the ads, doubled the impact, so to speak. That's, that's an amazing story. Good. Cool. Well, Aaron, this was awesome. I appreciate you doing two episodes with us. I, I know things are off to a great, 
run for you with Shorebird. We'll link to that in the show notes. Definitely check them out and appreciate all the, the good lessons and a little bit of the, the sentiment of what it was like at Instagram as employee 40. So thanks again and uh, go check out Shorebird Media. Thank you.